Welcome to the Make Jazz Trill Again podcast. I am your host, Melanie Charles. And I'm your co-host, Uni Mojica. Yes! <laughs> welcome. welcome. Our first episode. Our first episode. I'm so excited. We've been wanting to do this, but well, we kind of sped up so that we can be part of the special time, the, make, uh, the Winter Jazz Fest uh, season. Um, but uh, we have a couple of episodes in store, but this is our first one. And before we get into what trill means and what we're interested in exploring in this conversation, I want to introduce you guys to my beautiful friend, Uni Mojica, who is, I, I feel like you're the secret sauce in New York City. You've oh, been man. the secret sauce <laughs> for so many years, Uni. Um, right now, Uni is currently um, directing of... The, ah. Uh, I'm programming manager Program at Harlem Stage. Yes, yes. And I know this very well because you gracefully invited me to perform at Harlem Stage a few weeks ago, and that was really dope. Was dope. But people may not know that you have been at the center of the performances at Make. At a, I keep saying Make Jazz Trill again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been at the center of the performances at Jazz and Lincoln Center for a number of years. You yeah, I've been there for, I, I was there for about seven years. Um, and really, they helped nurture my growth in terms of programming and, um, and concert administration as well. So they really nurtured me, nurtured me in terms of my growth in getting a lot of those skills together. And for a few years, I was part of the programming team, um, mostly for Dizzy's Club. Yeah, and thanks and, to yeah. you, you helped provide a space for famous jazz musicians all over the world, but also jazz musicians in New York mm -hmm. who are up and coming. You know, I feel like you're connected in the scene, so you're able to like always bring in, you know, people that may be overlooked or that people are not hip to. Um, I think it's really important work that you've done there over the years, so I appreciate Thanks, you. No. But also, <laughs> it's beautiful because you're also a musician, yes, okay? Incredible saxophonist, <laughs> incredible vocalist. Uni, you got your Grammy nominated. Like, that's <laughs> that crazy! Is, it, blows my mind. it really blows my mind, the fact that um, I'm, I was part of um, Jasmia Horn's record that she just recently do, um, <laughs> just recently um, released. What's the name of the tune again? The name of well, the name of her album oh, is oh. Jasmia Horn and Her Noble Force. Yes. And um, the track on that album that I composed is entitled Mia, which means purpose, and it's one of the uh, principles of Kwanzaa. That song is so beautiful. I went to see her perform at Joe's Pub a few weeks ago, and she did that song, and she was like, "Yes, and this was written by Uni Mojica," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I know. I'm behind it. I'm behind it. And then a few weeks later, they announced the Grammy nomination. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. that that composition is very special uh, in its own right because I didn't do it on my own. I, mm. It was a suite that both Raynell 
Frazier and I had written together when we mm, were Shout out to Raynell Frazier. Shout out to Raynell Frazier. Mm -hmm. And we were at the Jack and McLean Institute studying jazz, studying music. And um, yeah, we came together at a time where, where we needed each other and mm -hmm. we wanted to uplift our community and celebrate Kwanzaa. So mm -hmm. that in itself is, is what lent me to be in that position. And, and Jasmine Horn was such an incredible vocalist and musician and force she's like her noble force but right. she really is the force yeah. <laughs> in that so yeah and I, something that i loved about what jasmia said when she introduced the song she said that something that she loved about you is that you're always so supportive to women in jazz like genuinely and like so encouraging and i think it's beautiful that we're able to have this conversation because it connects to the this is this, this movement mm. that um, the folks over at Winter Jazz um, have organized where it's exploring how to create safe spaces, how to have equity, how, right. how to provide space to musicians of, across the board, regardless of your gender, gender and, and black musicians as well. Yeah. So that's, that's big. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm happy that we're able to, you know, explore these topics mm -hmm. um in the spirit of trill yes you know so what is the spirit okay. of trill so trill like you <laughs> always ask me like yeah, what's what trill, trill? yeah <laughs> you know the way i feel about it is trill means it's for the streets it's for the people it's anti-institution and i believe that there was a time when jazz was really trill and people were were playing at house parties at rent parties right. you know when it was exactly. the pop when it was pop um, this music was created by our people, so you know, yeah. And I think that there's an interesting divide happening in music, and specifically maybe in jazz, where there are people who are interested in following a very straight line, which that's fine because there's a place for that. That's okay. But then there are the people who are trill, mm -hmm. you know, and trill is timeless. I feel like there's a couple of cats from back from the 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s. We'll 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 talk about that later that are true. So yeah. yeah, this is what the Make Jazz Trill Again podcast is about, is exploring all of these conversations in the spirit of true. And um, I don't know, do you think that we should I do want people to know who you are? Okay, too. okay, that's true. Okay, okay. <laughs> you can't just talk about me and not talk about you. <laughs> the creator of this whole concept. But in case y'all don't know, Melanie Charles is an incredible vocalist, writer, composer, educator in her own right, and flautist as well. And just recently released an incredible album on Verve, on the Verve record label, entitled Y'all Don't Really Care About Black Women. And what you have done on that album and leading up to this point is absolutely incredible. If you want to check out the album, go check it out. But you really um, laid a foundation of um, the past and highlighting incredible women that true, <laughs> like Billie Holiday, Betty Carter, Sarah Vaughn, and you brought them into your sound mm -hmm. and you did, you also put yourself into into your out into the album as well and you did it in a way that is very true to yourself but also true to our generation too so you represent that in so many ways which you embody trill as well as try to present um the concept of trill and what that really means so 
Thank you. And that's who Melanie Shaw is. I appreciate that. You know, um, and even going a step further to try, I think something that connects us is that we are open to making music and performing and engaging with spaces that are not traditional straight ahead mm-hmm. jazz spaces. Like, you're so trill, Uni. Like, when I saw you play with your brother mm-hmm. a few months ago at Public Records, it was like whoa it like opened up a, a different gateway for in the way i, I saw you and the way I experience even though i've known oh, you for years right I was wow like, yeah dang you is really about that i life. do gotta shout i do gotta shout out my brother ace mo yeah shout out because to ace mo that's hey. another trill he's trill too he's super trill <laughs> yes he his origins are um in and foundation are in jazz and he, he went to suny purchase and he also studied with john Fattis. Um, oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he's taken a whole turn and really discovered electronic music and is paving a whole way for a whole lot of other uh, musicians in that realm and, bring, and shedding a lot of light to the origins of, of um, techno music and melding it with all different types of genres and really pushing, pushing boundaries. Yeah. Um, and our group, Sonic Messengers, which there's no mistake that um, the name is reminiscent of um, our Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. It's very, you know, that's very intentional. intentional. Okay, I know Thank what y'all was doing. Yes, yeah. exactly. So yeah. what, for those of you who don't want to know what we do, um, there's two DJs, um, A Small being one of them, and the other is DJ Seville as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I perform with them, uh, with my saxophone, of course, mm-hmm. and vocals, and, vocals. Mm-hmm. and we also have Chanel John sit in too as well. well and you, you even sang uh, that was fun. Too. That was fun. So, but I was more interested in being your groupie mm-hmm. than singing. <laughs> I was like, I'm just here to shout you out, you mean? Um, but but yes. you, you know, something that um, was revealed to me after you know the album dropped. It's the new year, and I was like, dang, I really need to find a way to also uplift and encourage other women in jazz Mm -hmm. i think that for those of us who have access the space the resources as women specifically women of color we need to always like yes bring bring each each other other into the fold that's right all right we're gonna introduce our special guest a very special guest who is a vibraphonist composer arranger educator and who just recently released her first debut album Black Wall Street. So let's give it up for Nakara Warren. Woo! Nakara! Hey girl, hey girl! I love how we all are rocking the braids out here. You know, the black girl magic happening. You gotta hit them with a protector style in the way. You know what I'm saying? So I can wear a hat. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Right. How you feeling? I know you had a long day because you 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 recorded your winter jazz set earlier today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired, yeah. but I'm honestly this woke me up. So I'm, I'm blessed to be here. Well, you, you're you know. blessing us by being here. Uh, so. No, I'm I'm feeling very grateful to be in this space. These oh. are the things that I've been hoping for. So you know, thank you. Y'all sounded really beautiful. Thank you. We were out there like jamming, like yeah. I think for me, it's like, I, I know that I just can't stop. So we just got to keep, 
you gotta keep going and whatever happens, right. you know, just feel grateful for it and and play. Shit. That's all I wanna do is just play. That's so. right. I love you know, I love I love what you do. I love the band that you bring to the table. It's not traditional by any means in my opinion. And but it is traditional at the same time because you keep the tradition of the music and you bring yourself to the table at the same mm. time. You, you challenge a lot of things that are norms, especially when it comes to jazz education and everything like that. Yeah. So first question I wanted to ask you was, um, what inspired the name of your band, Black Wall Street? Which yeah, to me, it sounds it's obvious, it's, yeah. but not everybody knows yeah. how deep that is. Um, you know, it's funny because I've like gone through a lot of stages of what I feel about representing this event because that that really is what it is. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. When I started the band, it was like what, six years ago, seven years, a long time ago. Mm -hmm. That and it wasn't that that was not the band name. That was the name of the repertoire that I created. So no. I was writing a bunch of music. And I was like, yo, this is that Black Wall Street. Ah, okay. And I saw everything was going in a folder called Black Wall Street. But mm. because I was presenting this project that was Black Wall Street, which is why it's Nakara Presents Black Wall Street, mm. people kind of just started calling the band that. And yeah. then that became the record. And then, um, but I think I started that set of music because I learned about the event you know the the greenwood area of tulsa oklahoma in 1921 just like couldn't believe mostly couldn't believe you know because i went to like a progressive private school in new york city you know mm -hmm. like what school is that uh then we're gonna shout them out right now <laughs> uh, shout out to the berkeley carroll school okay park slope Okay, Park Slope. <laughs> Park Slope. Park Slope. Um, but you know, like, just the fact that, like, yo, you know, you got people spending how many dollars, tens of thousands of, do of dollars a year, and we're not learning this? Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe right. it. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't mm -hmm. believe it. And so for me, it was like, all right, if you're going to, I'm out here just trying to learn and trying to make music, and I love to write. That's like really, mm -hmm. like, I love to write. So. Mm -hmm. If that's what you're going to do, you want to write and you want to play these tunes, like, we might as well make sure that people learn about this. So, mm -hmm. like, cool, let's call this repertoire Black Music, Black Wall Street, we'll let them know about the music, and hopefully people will go home and just, like, put it in Google. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that was sort of the goal. Mm -hmm. Luckily, in that amount of time, people have learned about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's mm -hmm. been, like, in in major TV right. shows. And on, they just on came up on, networks, the, on the you know? 90, 90th anniversary? Uh, 100. 100. 100. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so, so I feel, I feel grateful. I also feel like a lot of what I wanted was sort of realized like in the time mm -hmm. that I started that a lot of people learned about it, how much mm -hmm. I had to do with it, you know, who knows, but I, but I know that there are a lot of people that tell me like I know about Black Wall Street because of the group. So mm -hmm. that was sort of, that was just what I was hoping for that people would learn and, and you know, that's that's always been the goal for, right. of when yeah. I play and make music. You know. So you just dropped the album. I am on the album. Yeah. I'm very proud to say. Yes. 
so dope. So dope. I love your writing. Like it was Thank really you. great learning how learning to sing Mona Lisa, and I love the two versions on there. Yeah, you got me, and then it's your cousin, right? My, my sister, my stepsister. Your stepsister. I yeah. love her singing. So she's, yeah, she's super so dope. How does she it feel? She loves you. You know, she's like. I was like, I was like, man, her version's better than mine. Yeah. Why, why did you? Why did you do two? So why did you do two versions? Well, the the song that we're talking about is Mona Lisa for for those of you who want, who don't know. Mm-hmm. But now you know. Now you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the two the yeah. two versions I had to do. I wrote the the music in that, like I said, in that same set of repertoire, mm-hmm. but didn't ever really think, especially like you write, you're writing these like singer songwriter songs, and I kind of like still kind of have a bunch of them in this chamber, and like mm-hmm. it's difficult to figure out because I play vibraphone and mm-hmm. I've never really like considered myself a vibraphonist. I just feel like that's the instrument that you know, the universe and God led me to, mm. and that's how I get everything that is there out. That yeah, is a good an point. Extension. How did you end up, how did you end up with the, uh, the vibes? Yeah. Um, that was just, it was like divine intervention almost. Like, it was like, I was a kid, I was getting into, I listened to a lot of ten, like saxophone players, a lot of tenor players, mm. like that was like my thing. Listen to a lot of horn players and like really into the music and you know, randomly would be listening to, you know, John Coltrane records and then hearing Bill Jackson records and like just getting, getting into things. And then at the same time that I'm digging in and being, you know, that like you're in that teenage kind of time, you know, we're like, we always go back to that time. Yeah. My grandfather was playing with Stefan Paris. Who's your, so, we gotta say who your grandfather is. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, he's a piano pianist by the name of Kenny Baring. <laughs> oh, um, Kenny Baring just happens to be a legend. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Incredible person. Um, but yeah, he was playing with Stefan. So, like, I was in band and, like, listening to all these records and then, you know, kind of going through, it just all kind of happened at the same time and then, like, going to see him and then he was playing with Stefan and I was like, whoa like i know i'm not a horn player like you know like i knew i wasn't a horn player but i always played drums and i always like messed around on piano mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it just Vices, drums and yeah, piano basically. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah exactly and and the privilege of going to uh being a scholarship kid and going to that that very fancy private school mm-hmm. was that there was a vibraphone and a marimba mm-hmm. in the school so, so i used to mess around and then it just yeah. you know Mm-hmm. They, they started breaking out like Lionel Hampton charts and stuff, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, this, this is this is what I want to do." You know, yeah. Stefan Harris is one of your um, one of your mentors. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. It, younger when I was younger, mm-hmm. like that was sort of when I really was first starting. I learned a lot mm-hmm. from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. also mentioned like checking a lot of records out with you know, John Coltrane, Will yeah. Jackson. Yeah, you sit you sit down and check out records with your grandfather a lot? Um, we do listen to music, but it's more so like if we're traveling, but sometimes if he's cooking, there are like certain times where we'll listen to things and then he'll just have like, you know, he's got stories or, That's dope. you know, or he'll hear <laughs> things and be like, who is that? You know, because we, we're obviously in very different generations. Yeah. So like, we don't, you know, I'll, I'll be listening to something. He's like, what's that? 
Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's Krongbin. You don't know about, like, you but know, like, he's, he's, you put him on the thing. He's, he's into, you know, he's, he's into the stuff that I like, so that I've always found that to be super dope. I, I feel like his last album is so modern sounding. Yeah. It's like, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what are you listening to, yeah. sir? Like, yeah. like that, so the, the record that, the, Sorry, the track that he's on on your album, uh-huh. um, Gritty BK. Uh, oh, Heather Gray. Heather Gray. Yeah. Yes. What? Can you talk about that composition too? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I originally wrote that as a strings, like a strings ballad mm. kind of thing, and I was, you know, it was like my first like heartbreak as an adult, mm. and the song originally had lyrics. It was, it's also Heather Gray is so deceiving. Kisses on my face as we dance beneath the stars. Mm. Next day you're gone again. Black in my heart again. So it was like that was the vibe. But I, you know what? I brought that tune. This is, you know, I brought that tune to Betty Carter when I was in the fight. The Betty Carter. Jazz ahead. Betty Carter, Jazz ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not okay. Betty Carter. Okay. 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 Yeah. But, but, but for some reason, when I brought it there, like, I just was like, we're not going to play this ballad. But we're going to, like, put a little groove on it. And so that, it grew there. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of, that was the first tune, the earliest tune of that mm-hmm. set of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know it's like we all got heartbreak tunes, you know. But like yeah. as a heartbreak tune, that's really my favorite one because it evolved with the heartbreak. Mm. You know, like yeah. so you know something that I think is a reoccurring theme when we talk about gender and jazz and the jazz community, women in jazz. You know, I feel like the past few years that's a conversation that we've been having a lot. Um, and people are always, I think, curious about the experience of being a female band leader what is that for you like is it even a thing for me i have to say it's not a thing for me like i agree i don't mean you know what i mean yeah i don't have i'm blessed to not really be encountered with so much um challenges um but i know that some people's experiences are different everyone has a different experience what has been your experience as a band leader writing this music for mainly an all-male band and engaging in the industry as a woman? Like, what's it been like for you? Um, you know, I think in, in a lot of ways, I agree with you. There mm-hmm. are many parts of it. Like, you, we surround ourselves with people that we love. Mm-hmm. And if we love them, exactly. then then they're obviously not the type of people that are going to make that... Make you feel like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so, largely, it's... It's just what it is. It's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like I lend a different perspective. So mm-hmm. I feel wonderful about it. I think in the industry in general, there are, of course, times like I, there are many spaces in music and in the industry that I like you get there. You have to kind of like remind because someone might talk to you crazy mm-hmm. or someone, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, or just, oh, why are you, you know, right. I remember be, you know, being at sessions and having someone be like, oh, get off the stage. We can't have any extra people on the stage. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know, you're just like, what? Extra people on the stage? Right, right. Like, I'm in the band. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and yeah. so, like, of course, we come to expect those things. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I mean, it, I hate that we have to take this perspective, but it is what mm-hmm. it is. It's like, I can't stop my whole 
life and give up because because people are gonna always say that yeah. you know so yeah so it ha it is tough it can be tough i think like you know specifically being in jazz like it can be tough because yeah. because there is a very like there's a lot of testosterone based aspects yeah and i hate to say it like that but i you know just me just being real. I mean, yeah. that's what we like to do at the Make Jazz Real Again podcast. Yeah. Keep it real, so please. You know, yeah, I totally, that, that test, you spoke on testosterone energy mm-hmm. and being in it. And coming up, for me, it was like I had to present that energy more and hide my feminine side. Right. So, mm-hmm. which, a kind would, it would, if you're going to, a lot of times in my experience, if I was going to present myself on stage, I would have to either expose more femininity mm-hmm. if I was a vocalist right or mm-hmm. if I'm going to be playing with a horn I got to be a little bit more masculine mm-hmm. because of the type of energy that you're bringing um, to the stage when you're soloing mm-hmm. because you do have to be aggressive so mm-hmm. that kind of I totally right. get what you're saying right. in terms but of then I guess for me sometimes I'm like but why do you that mm-hmm. that for me has always been the struggle of like why is it that like for me to play why can't i just like create a new lane where mm-hmm. where i explore freely mm-hmm. what that is where, where what that is and where i'm at i yeah. suppose you can but you know it's a lot more challenging when you it, don't fit into a, a specific box oh yeah or a way of presenting mm-hmm. you know are you the sexy vocalist are you the masculine a female drummer right. are you you know what i mean like right. there's all these like assignments right um and it's just so corny but i think that we're living in a time where women like you people like you people like myself are like listen this is who we are mm-hmm. take it take us for who we are yeah and let, let's move forward like we don't got no time right Keep and a true. lot of a lot Keep of that comes true. with true. True. exactly right. and a lot of times you'll have people focus mostly on marketing so like oh what it what's selling you and on this mm-hmm, that like mm-hmm. all those types of things so i think that has a lot to do with it as well not just in jazz just overall being mm-hmm. what it means to be an artist mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a lot of times people like things being clearly defined mm-hmm. but thank god for where we're at now where a lot of that is being challenged mm-hmm. conversations like this mm-hmm. and conversations that are happening constantly mm-hmm. you know through social media and all those types of things mm-hmm. there's a yin and yang mm-hmm. when it comes to Social media. There's good. Take the good with the bad as well. So yeah, I don't want to digress. But we you know, tangent. But <laughs> it's been we've been having such a good time. But mm-hmm. it's almost time for us to wind down. It is. But every episode um, at the Ray Joshua Again podcast, we want to do a trill pop quiz. Trill pop quiz. Okay. <laughs> right. I see your face. <laughs> so you like, need, hey, what's the first question? The first question is name. Three women in trill. Three trill women? Three trill women. Uh, in your opinion. In life? Right, in, in life jazz. or in jazz? In jazz. Oh, okay. In, in jazz. jazz. Oh, we're talking about Betty Carter. Betty Carter. Yes! Yes! The trill is Marion McPartland. Ooh! Um... Dorothy Ashby. Oh, Ooh. yes. Yeah. She's yes. underrated. Yes, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Those will be my, my trail jazz ones. 
Who would be yeah, yours? Yeah. I said Betty Carter too. She was mm. on, but she was yeah, the one. Right. Yeah, like yeah, what? Like She's the Betty queen. Carter. Yeah. Um, Abby Lincoln mm. and Jerry Allen. Mm. Yes. So, Betty Carter was mine as well. Yeah. Oh, Um, Marlena Shaw. Yes. Um, she's still alive. Shout out to Marlena Shaw and Nina Simone. Mm. She a dog too, y'all. Yes, definitely. That's not even a joke. You know what? Um, Woman of the Year. Yeah. This is good. This. Yeah. Okay. You have another Um, question. Other, what was the other chill question? It was um, name. This is more personal. Name one person who is instrumental in your develop the development of where you watch it. <laughs> one person instrumental. I'm like, can I say me? <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. I'd like yes, to say like me. me. <laughs> if it had to be someone else, I would say. Because there's, I feel like I know there's so, so many. many people. There are so many people. Um, I would say. Steve Nelson. And, I, and, and what's funny yeah, is Nelson. that we don't, we haven't, I haven't, Steve Nelson and I don't really know each other well. Mm. I think we've been exchanged emails one or two times, mm-hmm. but that's a player that like throughout a lot of years and like, you know, for myself, like I said, like I have a very interesting relationship with the vibraphone and like mm-hmm. feeling like do I play this or not? You know what I mean? Because yeah. um, I just like love music and I can, you know, I like to produce and I like to do a lot of things, but like mm-hmm. playing the vibraphone is like a really um, weighted thing. It takes a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a player that like I've always felt like embodied a couple of different worlds that I always loved because mm-hmm. I always love these like very melodic players, but also love these players that can like move mm-hmm. out in these different ways too. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, so I would say over the years because even though I don't know him over the years my relationship with the music has changed with how I feel about him as a player so mm. yeah I love oh, that that's dope A plus A plus <laughs> alright you, you passed the trill pop quiz yay, yay! 100 I'm so glad <laughs> you weren't worried though yeah no I'm worried right. I was, no, so, I was like face, oh like, no great oh, I was like let me think of every record I've ever right, like uh oh uh oh um well what's yours no. Well, okay, let me see if I keep. I, I don't know. We're going to have to save that for another episode. Okay. Because I'm going to have to sit on that one. <laughs> that, yeah, we put we'll you on the spot. But, it's all good. Um, we are running out of time, but I guess to. Do you want to say? Um, that was, That's an easy question for me. Go ahead. It's Jackie McLean. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I knew you're a J Mac. I know. Lover. I'm a J Mac baby. Yeah, what can yeah, I say? J Mac when I pick up the saxophone, I hear him. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. and from the music that I write, the music that I play, um, to my theology, how I see and hear music, and mm. just the foundation of knowing that this music is black. So, yeah. all of that. Yeah. This comes from, comes from him. I wouldn't be doing what I am today. 
Shout out to Jackie for cleaning. That's true. Yeah, that is very true. (laughs) (laughs) Last night, I got to celebrate my friend China Moses' birthday, who's going to be a guest on this podcast in the future. Her mother is the wonderful queen, Dee Dee Bridgewater. And I got to be Dee Dee Bridgewater last night. And one thing I guess I want to leave y'all with, I was like, Dee Dee, like, you know, the world is, the jazz scene is a different scene than what it was when I was in college and I was aspiring to be a vocalist. Like, now it's just like, what is this? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even want this now. And she was like, do not hold on to what you thought it was going to be. Like, go with the changes. Go with the flow. And I was like, thank you, Dee Dee. Thank you so much. So, right? Like, I needed to hear that. So, hopefully... Uh, sharing that with you guys, you listeners out there that resonates with you, um, all the creatives, all the musicians, all the movers and shakers out there. Mm-hmm. We are so resilient. We've had to be resilient the past few years. And let's just flow with the changes like jazz. You know what I'm saying? Um, Nakara, thank you so much you. for thank sitting for with us. This is fun for having me. You are a divine you. queen. Y'all, please get the album. Nakara Warren presents Black Wall Street. It's available everywhere. It is. You get it on Bandcamp because then you get all the money. You got all the money. Yeah. Do you have any vinyls or hard copies? I, I got some hard copies. I got some hard copies. Get you some hard copies, yeah. right? You yeah. can also go to www.nakarwarren.com. Yes, yes. The car presents Black Wall Street. Yes. And um, my name is Melanie Charles. My name is Uni Mojica. And um, whatever you do, Remember, Remember to, to make jazz, jazz trill again. again. Peace! Bye, y'all. Peace! Yeah. <laughs> I love it.